Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Echo Podcast. I'm Christian Evans, the senior news editor for the Augsburg Echo student newspaper. In our final episode before the 2018 midterms, I sat down with State Senator Carrie Dietzik, who's the senator representing Senate District 60, which includes North Minneapolis, Dingytown, and Cedar Riverside. We talked about the issues facing students and the importance of voting. This is the Echo Podcast. Senator Kerry Dietzik is the state senator for District 60, which represents Cedar Riverside, Dinkytown, and most of Northeast Minneapolis. Senator Dietzik, thanks so much for sitting down and talking with me today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's exciting to be on campus. So everyone that we've talked to so far leading up to the midterms has either been involved in a race or running themselves. So you have a little bit of a unique perspective as sort of a subjective, objective observer in this race. Um, how are you seeing some of the races develop? Let's talk about issues specifically within your within the district. So with students and with uh, people in Minneapolis, perhaps Hennepin County races that are getting a lot of attention. Yep. So I was I have the honor and privilege of being a state senator. Was elected in a special session in twenty January twenty twelve, and so thankfully I am not on the ballot this year. Um, that doesn't mean that we are not working hard. I've probably spent 15 hours a day on campaign stuff, either helping with um, get out the votes or meeting people here in the district. And then we have a special Senate race up in Senate District 13, which is basically the St. Cloud suburbs. And so doing a lot of door knocking and phoning up there, including two campuses, the St. John's and St. Ben's. Um, some of the issues that I think are important to college students in the district, which is a big part of my district, are um, the cost of tuition. I know a lot of students that are graduating with an enormous amount of debt. And so how do we better get a handle on that? And I know we've had that discussion at the Capitol. So that is something that I think as people are looking at who to vote for, I think they should be asking their um, people running, you know, what do they, what are they going to do? Because it's not sustainable when you graduate with $100,000 worth of debt. And so what are we doing to bring that down? Are we, we have put some money into the uh, student loan program, student state grant program, but it's not keeping up with inflation and the amount of money we've put towards higher ed. The state used to pay two-thirds of it and the students and families a third, and that's now reversed where families and students are paying two-thirds and the state's paying a third. So if we want a educated workforce that attracts companies here and builds jobs here and good jobs that students want when they graduate and employers want educated students, I think we need to rebalance that mix so it helps families, kids, and the state economy. So the cost of tuition is one big driver. Um, people want housing, they need housing. We have, you've probably seen a lot about the encampment and we do have a housing crisis right now. We've been talking about that. I worked at Hennepin County before and we had heading, heading home Hennepin and so we've been working on this housing issue and how to move people from homelessness and keep people out of homelessness for quite a while, but it's just, um, it just keeps, 
it's hard to catch up. And part of that issue is we have shelters, we don't have, and then the question is, and I've asked people working in this area, are there enough shelters? And they said, we don't need more shelters, we need the next level of housing. And so what, where do you go when you don't when you you know don't make a lot of money or you just make minimum wage so we need some more base housing for people that have like 30 percent of the median income and we're building a lot of housing and you see a lot of new housing going up but they're they're not necessarily affordable for everyday people so we need more affordability on different levels so that when you graduate you can have a decent place to live and then once you get more stable and you just you know get married have a family or move on there's a next level and then the person who's you know moving up into that starter home or starter apartment or nice apartment can move into there so we need multiple levels of housing and so how do we get to that and how do we make that sustainable and I think the state has a role the city has a role and unfortunately the federal government has a role and they're just not keeping up public housing and we have a lot of public housing high-rises right here in this Augsburg area um, the Minneapolis deferred maintenance on Minneapolis public housing is a hundred million dollars and so just to maintain those housing that we currently have to, you know, safe standards, we're going to need $100, um, $100 million. So we need to do that. We need to do more of that. And then you need other just low income. You also need um, sheltered, supportive housing, and then just everyday housing with rents that people can afford, not $2,000, you know, $3,000 a month that the average person can't afford. So, you know, housing education, housing, and then we want good jobs. So what can we do to make sure that we have good jobs for people when they get out of college? And for people who don't go to college or maybe don't go from high school to college, you know, they have to go out and work. I literally went to college and then had to work for a while and then finish. So what type of jobs? We need to have a good range of jobs for everybody so that people can live here because people want to live here. We have a great lifestyle and we have rated really well on any number of metrics when people come and look at our state. You talked a little bit about the campaign uh, in the St. Cloud, Sartell area. Um, when discussing a lot of the issues that specifically impact this district, how do you think you can effectively communicate that those policy issues matter to people uh, in that area? Because I think a lot of the discussion between Republicans and Democrats or a lot of the political rhetoric recently has been um, we're doing what's important for the cities, in Minnesota's case, the metro area. How do you sell those policy priorities to people not in the Twin Cities? Right. There's a lot of talk about urban-rural divide, and some of that is real. Um, but I think you do have a lot of core issues that are the same. Every community wants to have a good school system and they want jobs and they need housing. And so when I'm up in Senate District 13, whether it's campus or out in the cities, listening to people, they all want their kids to have good schools. Um, they want to be able to afford college and they want a job in their community when they get out and housing that they can afford. So I think that is where there are a lot of similarities and I think we need to keep building on that um, and find more common ground than differences. From a more perhaps focused standpoint, we've talked to a number of candidates who are either Hennepin County or um, running for municipalities. How do you, as someone who serves uh, in the state legislature work with either commissioners or county attorneys to 
establish policy priorities and get things done. We work with them a lot, and so we have we do have a good working relationship, and we need to have that because we sometimes enact the laws on like the thirty thousand foot level, and then tell the cities or the county attorneys or the counties, here's what you do, and if we don't talk to them beforehand, lots of times you have unintended consequences because then we send them stuff and then they have to implement it. So when when the bill is done right. Um, we've had county attorneys, we've had county commissioners, and we've had city council members over there testifying on behalf of bills. And, and literally, it's I think it's good to call beforehand and say, hey, if we send, if we do this, does it work or not? Um, we had a bill that I worked with uh, Hennepin County on. It's the Environmental Response Fund, and so it was to help clean up polluted properties so that we could um, reuse them. And so there's again, federal funds, and then we have another um, matching pot of money for state funds to literally clean it up and either, you know, um, it's not a Superfund site, but maybe not as bad as a Superfund site, but there still needs to be cleanup from asbestos or lead or just rehabbing the housing. And so worked with them and, and literally talking about, okay, how does this work? And when we do um, an example of where maybe it didn't go as smoothly is the driver's license. Mm -hmm. You hear a right. lot about the new driver's license and the license tabs, where that's one where maybe the communication between um, the state computer system and the county computer system and then what the state does and what the county actually does there clearly could have been better communication beforehand to make sure what we're asking the county to do, to do and that our two computer systems were actually talking to each other because clearly they weren't and unfortunately it's still a problem but I think it's getting better and a lot better um, but you know, so that's where we do interact a lot. Lots of times we give them money and, and um, lots of times it's unfunded mandates. So we say, here's what you need to do, but we don't fund it. Um, but at least, you know, you have to go figure out how to do it. But at least if we have a conversation and say, okay, here's what we, what do you want to do? And how do you think you need to, what do you think you need to make this work? And what do, what do we want to make sure we're all on the same page with the same goals? And then I think it works better. Let's shift uh, to the topic of voting. Uh, people my age have been told uh, for as long as I've been eligible to vote that we don't vote enough and that um, that's a problem. And so as someone who's run a few successful elections, what do you feel are some of the things that get lost in the discussion of encouraging people to vote? And uh, what do you say to people who might be disillusioned about voting? Um. I think part of the reason they're disillusioned is because how does this how does this impact me? What does this do to me? And so what I've been telling people, especially as I'm on campus, is so I am not a baby boomer, but I'm older than you all. And so do you really want the baby boomers telling and making the decisions on your future? Or do you want to control your future? So you have a chance to vote and make a decision of who you want speaking for you. Or do you want to let the baby boomers do that? Um, so that's number one and then lots of times people just get busy in their everyday life and figure out and maybe they're planning on voting but they don't think so kind of figure out now in your head when do you want to vote and when are you going to vote and where are you going to vote because there are options right now with Minneapolis has four early voting centers um, one over south one um, over on the U campus one over north and one in downtown Minneapolis which is easily accessible here from campus um, so you can go vote early if 
you know, next Tuesday is going to be too busy. Um, and then if you live on campus, you can vote Tuesday. And then if you're not sure who's on the ballot and how to get excited about it, you can go to minnesotavotes.org and literally type in your address and look up your ballot and then research the candidates. But what I tell people, getting back to your original question, is what impacts you and what are you looking at and what changes everything from climate change to again housing the cost of tuition what do you want your future to look like what do you want the state of minnesota and our country to look like and who do you want speaking for you and in power representing you and so um, i think that's what we need to do people got some people got disillusioned in the um, 2016 race a lot of people supported bernie sanders and then when he wasn't the dfl nom nominee they stayed home and so I kind of asked them, well, you weren't happy with Hillary Clinton, and that's your choice, but are you happy with Donald Trump? So you need to figure out, did sitting home, did that get you further away from where you want to be, or are you okay with that? And so you have another chance to you know, get out and decide what the state's going to look like. We're not voting for president, but you were voting for the governor. We're voting for two U.S. senators this year, so they will make an impact on what they're doing at the federal level. And every place that you live in Minnesota, you've got a congressman, congresswoman, congressman, and that congressperson is up for election. And so those on the federal level, we have, you can really make an impact. And so you can send a message on what that person who represents you, what are their goals, what are their issues. And if you go online to minnesotavotes.org, you can see the ballots and you can look those people up. Senator Dizek, thanks so much Thank you. Uh, for sitting down with me. I this talked a lot. Great. I didn't need to talk that much. <laughs> you know, that's the goal is to get you to talk. So, and that's wonderful. Um, we will include all the information about specific uh, places you can vote and vote early. The vote, the early vote numbers are really, really something based on that. So, once again, thanks so much. And uh, I, I guess I would say good luck, but you're you're all no. set. You just get to lay back on. Uh, no, we're um, working hard. We're not laying back. We're <laughs> no, working that's hard. True. That's true. All right. Once again, thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. Once again, thanks to Senator Kerry Dietzik for sitting down and having that conversation with me. A reminder that this is our last episode before the midterm elections on November 6th. We will likely do one episode covering the results of the midterms before moving on to other topics. Reminder to everyone, once again, that Augsburg is a polling place and the Marshall Room is where on-campus students can vote. You can vote using your student ID regardless of whether or not you are registered yet. Minnesota is a same-day registration site, so as long as you bring an ID that shows your current place of address or a utility bill or something that proves your address with a photo ID, you can register and vote. A big thanks to Winston Hecht for providing the music you're listening to a reminder that the Echo Podcast is available on iTunes. Rate, review, and subscribe. Pick up your paper around campus every Friday. And don't forget to check us out at social media at Augsburg Echo and Augsburg Echo on Facebook, as well as www.augsburgecho.com. Thanks so much for listening. We're looking forward to the next conversation.